Hey everybody, welcome to the Common Good Podcast. It's uh, June 13th. Rob Ryersey, I think this is going to be a day that uh, some people think a lot about. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we usually have in the podcast all kinds of conversations about the common good and what it means, especially politics. We chit-chat about the weather where it's beautiful in Minneapolis. I'm guessing it's lovely in Springdale, Arkansas. Absolutely. But boy, uh, this is not a day only to talk about the weather. This is a day um, where there's some solemnity. I, I like that word, solemnity, to all that's going on. Donald Trump will walk into a courthouse in Miami, Florida, and turn himself over to the United States Marshals, and then have someone tell him, you are under arrest on 38 federal felony charges. And his freedoms will be limited from that day until he's either uh, served a sentence or is found not guilty or has uh, made a pleading that has secured him his freedom. He will be detained by the United States government. It's it's just a remarkable, remarkable thing. All caused and created by Donald Trump's behavior and all that. But we'll talk a bit about that today. So our conversation today is going to be uh, trying to help us understand the indictment and talk to our friends who are still um, caught up in supporting Trump and, and can't quite see it clearly. And man, I, got, I have a lot of friends, I got to tell you, a lot of friends who are still... Um, if one were to think about the grieving process as uh, one of the lenses by which you could understand what's going on right now, you might know that people, whenever something harsh happens to us, we deny that maybe a little bit. You bargain a bit. You're sad for a little bit. You negotiate. Is there some better way? Before it sort of settles in. And uh, I know a lot of people who I think, if I were interpreting their behavior currently, that's kind of how they feel about it. Um, that's that's sort of what's happened to them. So um, I, I am I am shockingly pleased uh, that this is this is happening. Not because I'm happy that Donald Trump will be a criminal, federal, um, uh, uh, detained person, even though he'll be free to move about the cabin of the country. Um, but it just his behavior has been so bad on so many situations that it just seems like this is something that had to. Uh, had to happen. So how are you feeling about this uh, June 13th important day? Yeah. I mean, Doug, you're coming in with a, an, an understandable and probably appropriate tone about the solemnity of this. The, I mean, this has happened already in New York where Donald Trump was, was charged with criminal charges there and arraigned. Um, those are state charges. These are federal charges. Um, and you know it's the first time in history that a uh, a former president of the United States has been charged with federal crimes, um, and indicted and and will be arraigned today. Uh, and you're coming in with an appropriate amount of solemnity um, because this. I mean, this is historic. It's a big deal. I'm not feeling the solemnity. Um. You got, you got Mark's attitude, lock him up kind of attitude. Is that yeah, what you're... Oh, I'm not, I don't know. See, that has a certain amount of like 
like kind of vengeance or I don't not not Mark that you've got mm-hmm. some vengeance. I don't I don't think that. I just think the whole thing's just absolutely hilarious. Mm. I mean, the whole it's just so funny. Like everything that has taken place. Uh it's so funny to me that after all of this, mm-hmm. the thing that's gotten Donald Trump is that he can't keep his big fat mouth shut. Yeah. You know, that he like wants to brag about, you know, the, that he wants to show off to some reporters. Yeah. He, you know, and he wants to settle some kind of personal score with general Milley. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just, I I mean, and I, hopefully we're going to break it all down, but I like, Mm -hmm. I have that sense of like, this like this guy deserves every bit of the ridicule that is coming his way. Yeah, well, I I tend to agree with that. Actually, I think his behavior has just been so uh, so atrocious. Tr- truly, I would just say top to bottom, from uh, the way he started running for office in twenty fifteen, just broke a lot of the norms, the way he spoke about other Americans, the way he Mm -hmm. spoke about judges, the way he talked about other presidential candidates, the the sort of way he was about all of that, I just found to be um, unbecoming of a leader of any kind. Yeah. And have been struck, as we have talked about many times in, in traveling the country and on this podcast, Donald Trump would not be hired to run any business in this country. That has yes. any reputation. Yes. Donald Trump would not be allowed to be the chief executive of anything with any significant yes. public persona. Because his behavior, the things he has said and done, would just be fully disqualifying yes. to customers and a board. And yet, there are people who are so hardwired into their political identity, so hate Democrats, so love Republicans, whatever it is that motivates them. That they'd be like, no, 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 he's literally my guy. Yeah. <laughs> literally, yes. literally my guy. So, uh, all right, we'll, we'll spend a little time uh, talking about this stuff. Um, I'd like to see Walter here. Walter, uh, nice to see you. Uh, I don't know you personally, but a great question. Why are we ignoring the Biden crime family? Well, because the Biden family has not been indicted on 38 federal charges. <laughs> Is it 38 Walter, or 37? I think there was... Well, that's a good question. I think there were thirty-eight, but maybe maybe somebody should uh, should check. Oh, us. I don't want to. I, I mean, I thought there was take 30, away for, I, <laughs> what yeah, I thought there was thirty-seven, but if there's okay. thirty-eight, I would be thrilled about that. But okay, yeah. uh, on be, because the Bidens have not been charged on yeah. multiple <laughs> scores, scores, <laughs> scores, <laughs> scores of. Uh, you get to use that four scores and uh, three scores uh, sort of sort of problem here. That that's why. But we'll talk about the whataboutism. So Walter, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. That's something yeah, you yeah. want to talk about. Why not this? Why not that? I mean, I'm going to make an argument. I'll make it repeatedly over the next um, what I think will be the next 311 days. Here's here's my bet, Rob. Within 311 mm. days, Donald Trump will plead guilty to a version of these charges. He will not go to trial. He will strike a deal with the federal government once it's been determined by all of his legal proceedings that the charges against him have evidence behind them and he will be convicted. He will be negotiating 
yeah a res- a result to this to this case look that is what happens in the great majority of federal cases anyway because the way the federal government tends to work and this particular case this is um rarely do they have this kind of evidence like truly literally <laughs> yes this yeah. this kind of evidence so we'll, we'll get to I all mean, of that they don't they don't often have the accused on tape admitting like admitting like admitting to yeah. and, and look <laughs> uh, you know of all the things that can happen in this world one of the things that i want i i certainly hope that people find some commonality i hope people can build a trust in equal justice under the laws the degree that that's possible in the united states i hope all of that stuff happens but maybe even long term for just the culture of our society more importantly is that we stop using the phrase on tape oh we have not used oh, tapes this took a, this took a, a much different we, turn than i expected yeah i know we have not used tapes yeah. in so very long yeah uh it is recorded people can yeah. all say there's a recording yeah. there's yeah. a video recording but journalists what do, you, what do you say when you end a phone call do you hang <laughs> I up I, I just stop talking and hang up you hang up I don't say I think goodbye. Should, I know, I know, but I think we should stop using the phrase "hang up." <laughs> I'm ending the call. <laughs> the call is, the call has been ended. Like one of those, one of those series voices. But anyway, caught on tape. Yeah. So yes, there are digital yeah. recordings. I'm, yes, I'm. Um, I'm with you. <laughs> there may be a place where Donald Trump has also robbed a Seven Eleven, and they're still using old VHS tapes. Oh, seriously. Inside the security cameras, I'm not putting that yeah. beyond him. So he may actually be on tape for a crime. Yeah. But in yeah. this case, he is digitally recorded. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so. Can I mean uh, okay we're going to we're going to talk about the serious stuff. Can we talk about the not serious stuff just yes. real first? Mm-hmm. First, I mean the photo. I like hopefully everyone's read the indictment. I yeah. I I've read every page of the 49-page indictment. Yeah. It was I wonder if a, Rick, Rick have you have you have you had a chance to take a take a peek at it, Walter? Oh, uh, good to see you is, here, Jim. Hey others, just, if you haven't yet, there's some links around. You can get them quick. Uh give oh. it a Give it a quick read. We'd love yeah, to have and you. Uh, even Mike, if you just, and you've, you've probably seen the pictures. Uh, the pictures are amazing. There is a storage unit of some kind, a, a closet of some kind, in which there are stacked boxes and boxes and boxes of documents. I'm putting the image up now for those who are watching on the on the video. If you just oh, do, you the, have the one. On, th- this on is the, the stage I was going to yeah. get to. Okay. Do you have yeah. Do you Which have one the you one of the storage uh, the storage closet? Where it's, where it's uh, no, the that's spillage? the bathroom. No, no, not this one with the spillage. Come on, one more. You got one more. Uh, no, I've got uh, these three. No, uh, there's one that includes okay, in the storage big, closet. Big cat and I will go find it. In the storage closet, Doug, there is a copying machine. There's a copier. There's a Xerox machine. <laughs> Xerox machine. Good one. It is. It, there's a copier where you could, I, in you know, these newfangled copying machines, you, you can, and making your point about being on tape, you can make digital copy. You can, like, send it to an email address from these things. You know, you Love don't have it. to walk out with sheaves of paper. You don't have to walk out with with uh, boxes and boxes and boxes of documents. You can put them all in a PDF. 
you know, Good pop point. that thing into Evernote, you know, have a little, you know, little Google Drive folder that you upload them to. I, who has been in that room? Okay. Who has access to those documents? Mm-hmm. Has that copy machine been used? Yeah. What email addresses has that copier sent documents to? And uh, what are those documents? And you're have suggesting those, they've you're, you're suggesting have, they've taken they've perhaps taken a look at such things. I'm suggesting that uh, has there been foreign nationals who have uh, who have visited that room? We know mm-hmm. there's been foreign nationals who have visited Mar-a-Lago. Um, have there been? Is there? You know? Yeah. See, here we go. See this right go. here. There's your photo. There's right behind this box right here. Right there. I don't know. Right you right can't there. see my cursor. But there is a uh, you can hear my cursing. Yeah, there is a copy machine right back here underneath this, you know, drainage pipe. Um, (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) At least they were smart enough to put these on pallets. That's uh, I hadn't noticed the pallets before. They have, you know, propped up lest there be flooding. (laughs) Um, So, anyways, my point is, we've no like. I think that someone has been in this room. And their job is to digitize these records. Yeah. And that copy machine is being used for those purposes that even if they are physically returned to the National Archives, Donald Trump and they exist. Yep. yep. You know, others if, if not, in his circle. If not an original format. Yeah. There's probably look, the degree digitized. to which Donald Trump has said in the in the indictment. They're my documents. I want to keep them the way that his aides were saying he's really precious about these. You can just sort of see, you know, like a little boy with a with a baseball card collection really wants to keep them to him, but doesn't care how they're stored or treated. Right. You know, to the to, to the point earlier, just just doesn't care that they're in spaces like this or that they're falling about. Um or yep. that they are, uh, try to find that picture of them tipped over here, uh, which I just find to be the most atrocious of all the atrocious uh, ones. But there, there's a guitar in there and some jackets with plastic on them. And then boxes truly spilled. And one of the covers there says confidential documents inside. Spilled on the floor. The degree to which Donald Trump wanted these and kept them. There's little chance that he did not make a digitized copy of that thing that yes. he didn't pop it on a photocopier shoot it with a phone or used his little as his age used a little pdf app on their phones and get a copy of it so rob yes. i am with you but hey could, yeah. could we also could, just talk for a minute about uh oh in the, we're talking in, about the in, bathroom right in in the non-serious oh. side of all of this yeah um the decor again oh. at at at, at trump's uh oh. um I don't know if it's, it's still fair to consider hideous. continue calling it uh, bed bug infested. That was a while ago. I think they have that under control. But previously, bed bug infested place. The decor is just horrible. So you're oh. seeing these pictures of this oh stuff, and the one in the bathroom. Oh, the bathroom picture is yeah, the is. absolute best. Wow. Uh, the the bathroom picture is the absolute best. So there's some things to note here. I actually think I'm I'm trying to figure out is are you sweating which, by the way right I now? I am sweating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're only uh, have the privilege of hearing our our sultry voices, <laughs> Rob just pulled out a at the ready 
uh, terry cloth hand towel and uh, and then keeps it nearby um, and and dabbed his dabbed his sweaty face. Uh, I'm I'm sorry for the heat. There's a there's a a perfect storm of 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 things here happening here. One, I went to the gym this morning, raising my body temperature. Two, I happen to be the kind of person who just you know, can sweat like a pig sitting still. Mm -hmm. And three, I podcast from a room that doesn't have really great insulation or air conditioning. So, um, yeah, at the risk of being a word police here, I don't know. Maybe I'm in an attitude Um, today. mm. Did you know that pigs don't actually sweat? That's the thing. That's why they roll in the mud. Yeah. Pigs don't have sweat glands. This is part Uh. of the reason why people who don't eat pork are like, yeah, you don't eat pork because of the way that meat and that's why that's why they have pig pens that have water and mud in them. Hmm. Why we have a phrase sweat like a pig. Yeah. The non-sweaters. There's yeah. Sweat, yeah. So like anyways, pigs. I anyway. I'm trying to figure out I can't decide the most iconic picture picture of the Trump presidency. The like I think there's three there's I, I think there's three options. One is him yelling at the kid mowing the lawn. I think that is, I think is that is it, when Trump was president and the kid came and wanted to mow the lawn and he was like, like yelling at the kid. I don't know the lawn of the White House. Trump yelling at a kid mowing the lawn. Oh, Doug, this is like when we did the, the, this guy's got to go and you really? did, you couldn't remember Kofefi. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot oh, about Kofefi oh, too. Iconic moments of the Trump presidency. Another one okay. is. Yeah. Yelled at, yelled at a boy. Why yeah. is our boy coming up to the White House, knocking because on the his, door, trying to pick up summer work? Yeah, because he, his dream was to um, mow the lawn at the White House. So and you just yeah, get to do it's that. Amazing. Okay, that's a whole other. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah, story. Yeah. Um, another one is the uh, meal served to national championship football team with uh, you know the really luxe spread of McDonald's. Uh, just amazing. And Trump standing with a picture, a portrait of Abraham Lincoln behind him, you know, with silver trays of Big Macs and chicken McNuggets laid out in front of him. Absolutely amazing. This picture right here. Yeah, the bathroom photo. Oh, this bathroom photo. Okay, let's talk about this a little bit. First of all, there's a chandelier in the bathroom. I was going to say a gaudy giant chandelier which just looking at the height of the boxes would for some people like me be about head height yeah it's low low hanging chandelier yes Yes. which which also tells you something anybody who knows interior design at a uh at a a site like this you always want that chandelier to be at least eight feet high yeah and just no reason for it to be a chandelier if it's going to be a six feet high yeah now so you think okay a a bathroom that's going to have a chandelier this is going to be a nice bathroom, right? What one would hope. Um, can we note two things? Maybe purchased at Dollar General. Um, uh-huh. One being the um, shower rod. Shower rod. I noticed it too. The tension shower just a rod. Tension just, shower rod. Just. I mean, you go down to the Dollar General yes. and you get one of these, and yep. and the other is the garbage can. I don't, Doug, have you, have you bought a garbage can lately? garbage cans are expensive are they the yeah the only ones that are not expensive are like the thin small white 
plastic ones. Yeah, like, like the ones the we're seeing super... in this photo. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just hilarious here. And I don't know, Doug, if you've noticed, but the shower is full of boxes as well. Um, I, you can I see that now. I hadn't yeah, noticed you, it before that yeah. sneaking above it. So they literally yes. don't just have them in the bathroom. They're in. The, yeah, they're in the shower. This these, is like these if, are... if if Donald Trump were because we know that he liked to travel with his boxes because as a part of the indictment, um, what we assume is Melania oh. told him that like there wasn't going to be enough room on the plane because she had overpacked for their vacation in New Jersey. <laughs> and was sending a message through his aides. Hey, he's not bringing his boxes this time because yeah. we're full with family stuff. No more, yeah. no more hoarder boxes, which truly yeah. does go to something, Rob. I know we're having fun with mm -hmm. that and we should, cause you got to do this before the former president of the United States is indicted on 30 some odd uh, federal charges. But that's a real tell that Donald Trump so much wanted to bring these along with him yes. so he could be going through them. Now, had he been simply going through them because he's like, hey, I've got work to do. I have to separate out my my important personal files from the ones owned by the federal government, which we'll get to in a minute about why declassification yeah. actually has nothing to do with this. That's yeah. not the that's not the point of the, yep. the charges. But that he was truly carrying these things around with him and traveling with him, with, with them. Like they had their heads and uh, minds on these boxes, Rob. And we're not talking about for like a weekend. Like, hey, we just got moved back down here after I lost the election and had to leave, you know, the public housing of the White House. And now I have to go live in this place. This wasn't the two weeks after he moved out of the White House. This was like a year and a half after... Uh, he left the White House. He's still carrying the boxes around with him and not wanting other people to know where they are and not wanting people to look at them and to go through them. And he's sorting through them, which truly does give you a mindset of the person separate from everything yeah. else that we that's important in all of this. Whatever's going on in the mind of that human being, that blessed love, child of God, light of the world, salt of the earth, Donald Trump. This guy has a fixation with these things. Which sadly, now I'm getting serious about this for a moment, sadly is probably the motivation for why he would not return government property back to the government and then yeah. participated in a criminal conspiracy to lie to the FBI and the Justice Department about it because he wanted them. It, I mean, just setting up who is this person and would you trust this person with important things? I, I just honestly don't know how someone could. Yeah. Okay, so now back to the decor, uh, back to uh, rate this room. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's just I like this feels like such like this could be right up there with the McDonald's picture uh, from the White House in terms of just summing up the Trump presidency. Here we have, you know, boxes of classified documents in a bathroom that has a chandelier and a tension rod shower curtain yes the, the, the bathroom just... just makes no sense like just as a right. design element the chandelier the sconce on the wall that is sticking out yeah. the the heavy kind of fake marble look and then the, mm -hmm. the curtain rod with like it just honestly makes no sense and why they're not using the bathroom as it is why it's now take 
taken over for these purposes. And it could just yeah. be the flow of the place, whatever. Maybe the fact that it's in a bathroom. But here's the thing, Rob. This looks like a working bathroom, my man. There are hand towels. There are Kleenex. It's not as if they took over <laughs> a room and said, <laughs> we're going to turn it into a storage room. They I mean, this is like to the sink and they have kept a path to the toilet there is no doubt that someone was texting from that room staring at those boxes here's the other thing that gets me about all these pictures rob and we go through them and you think okay there's one of the stage there's one of the bathroom there's one as we showed a minute ago of the copy room there's one of the spilled documents yeah people took these photos yeah they took the photos and then they gave them to the government. Yep. Or the government found them on these on these devices yeah. that they've yeah. taken. Could could we go could we yes, that's a really important point. Could I make a really not important point? Something yes. that really bothers me. Um, because I have a little bit of I don't know if I, I don't know if it's the OCD or 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 what, you know. Um yeah, I mean, jump back to the stage picture if you if you wouldn't mind. Mm -hmm. I, I listen. You're gonna move a ton of boxes. Mm -hmm. You're the president of the United States or former. his representative, former president of the United States or his representative. Aren't you gonna just buy a mass lot of boxes that match? That match. Yes. This is like. This is like. I mean. You, you just like, like you're you're checking with your friends. Hey, I'm moving. Do you have any boxes I could use? Like, how do these boxes not match? One hundred percent. I thought the same thing. I'm now zooming in on it for those who have the privilege of looking at this. There's how like, do you not? How do you? And how they're did not you even not moving. Buy some of them aren't even moving boxes. Some of them literally are boxes that were like reams of paper came in them, and they're repurposing yes. them. It is. It is shocking. It, you, you are right. Like that idea that they picked boxes that didn't even have the the sensibility to be like document storage boxes. It, it's, it's, it's 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 unbel it's unbelievable. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about some important okay parts of so all this. So I know you want to talk about how do we respond to people who aren't buying this, and so who it, it, so I. To, to help maybe set this up, um, I posted on Facebook, um, mm -hmm. on Instagram, and then it gets posted on Facebook because I don't post on Facebook too much. Um, I posted on Instagram uh, one of my favorite pictures, which is a little, mm -hmm. you know, little Photoshop thing that I put together with uh, Trump in a orange jumpsuit with prison bars holding a number. Um, and the number is 11,670, which is funny because that's the number of votes he lost by in Georgia and, uh, and need to, and will be indicted for his yeah. criminal activity related to election interference there. Um, so I posted that picture, uh, as I did when he was indicted in New York and I will, when he's indicted for, um, in Georgia, for, in Georgia and again, by the federal government for his yeah. role on January 6th. Um, uh, so I posted this and. And a, uh, a gentleman uh, that I knew a long time ago, um, a uh, guy actually was Vanessa's pastor growing mm -hmm. up, uh, pastored the, the church that Vanessa went to um, throughout her, her, her life. And, uh, you know, a, a, a Christian man, um, he replied 
And, and, and Doug, I'm going to, I'm going to read his reply to you um, and let this kind of set the stage for, okay, how do we talk about this? So all I did, no commentary, no comment at all, just posted a picture that's a little Photoshop, a little haha of Donald Trump. But that um, is worth at least a thousand words. That's a thousand oh, word post. Here we go. So, um, so Joe says this, another cheap shot from Rob Ryersey. Why don't you post comments about the 33,000 emails Hillary Clinton erased from her illegal, her two illegal servers or how the FBI behind James Comey lied about the supposed Russian collusion hoax. Possibly you could post how Hillary Clinton paid Christopher Steele $12 million to make a false dossier. Or you could post how Joe Biden is allowing illegals to infiltrate our country, or how he received $5 million from the Ukraine, or how Red China has paid him and Hunter large amounts of money. I could go on and on. How about dealing with all of this truth? Mm -hmm. I could go on and on and on on the corrupt mm -hmm. administration we now have. So I replied to this comment uh, with a laughing emoji. Um, and so then Joe comments again and said, I would say clean up the Democratic administration before you even begin to throw stones. Biden is a criminal. Mm -hmm. And that has been proven. Yeah. The only thing that is saving him now is the media and the Democrats are in charge. I have no desire to be affiliated with an organization like this. The facts I presented to you are completely documented. It is your choice who you stand with. And I replied to that with a laughing emoji. And Joe replied about an hour ago, sad indeed, Rob, sad indeed. So, well, Doug, if if I was interested in um, um, help, helping you know, Joe, <laughs> helping Joe, as opposed to just, you know, kind of dismissing Joe's comments with a laughing emoji, um, you know, what what would be your tack? How do, how, do, how do you how do you how do you how do you respond to the whataboutism? Look, we all have a Joe, uh, at least I think many of the people listening to this um, watching this would say, oh, they're like, oh, no, I've had that same conversation almost verbatim, same talking points, same words. So there is a, has been since uh, Donald Trump's legal woes started, a heavy effort to try to make Joe Biden a criminal. Okay, so if you're not familiar with this, why, how the Hunter Biden laptop fits in, how Burisma, uh, an oil company, supposedly paid the Bidens tens of millions of dollars to fire prosecutors. Here's what I'd suggest. If you want, if you have friends who talk about that stuff, learn enough about it. Just do a simple Google search. Just read some things about it so that you know what it is that they're referring to, right? Because then at least you can respond with a sense that I know what you're talking about and that's not what I want to talk about right now. Yep. Here's, here's, the, here's the fallacy in the argument. If you want to say we should have a country where there's equal justice under law, where somehow law is moved forward, where law is supported, where if people commit crimes that are proven, then they're going to receive consequences from the state or federal government about that. 
if that's what you want. What you don't want to start saying is, until all the criminals are charged, no criminals should be charged. Yeah. Consider that world for a minute. What criminal in convicted criminal in any jail or prison anywhere wouldn't say, I know some people that you didn't charge. I know some people you looked into, but you didn't bring charges. I know some people you tried to charge and then pulled back and stopped. So therefore, I should not be in jail. So at one basic point, one could say, hey, any crimes that were committed by Joe Biden, by Hillary Clinton, by Bill Clinton, by George Bush, by Barack Obama, any of these crimes for anybody running for president or vice president should be charged. And until we get to those, we shouldn't have a moratorium on charging people with crimes. This is the piece that just I don't get. And if what they want, Joe or my friend Casey or the person that we had in the chat here, what was it, Lyle? Uh, Walter, um, what they want is for you to say, hey, the criminal justice system should look at these crimes. For sure. Do you know who's looking into the Bidens? The Justice Department. Do you know who looked into Hillary Clinton? The Justice Department. Do you know who investigated Hillary Clinton? The FBI. Do you know who did not prosecute Hillary Clinton, the Justice Department between 2017 and 2021. The Justice Department led by Bill Barr, by Jeff Sessions, by that other Rosenstein guy, they did not actually bring charges against Hillary Clinton. They did not bring charges against the Biden family for things that they said happened four and five years earlier. So the curious question for all of these people is, do you want a moratorium on all crimes until all criminals are charged? And why did the Trump Justice Department not find it worthy to investigate and bring charges? Now, if your answer to that is because they're corrupt, the FBI wouldn't play along, the FBI, then just say, I do not believe that the Justice Department or the FBI can function in a way in which we can trust. Feel free to say it, but don't act as if somehow, hey, we have a whole lot of other things to get to before we get to this. Separate crimes are charged all the time, independent of other criminal activity. So look, Take people seriously when they make a claim, for sure. But they're not taking this seriously. Nobody, nobody I know. Uh, I mean, I got a laughing emoji back from my conversation partner about this when I said, so you think we shouldn't charge any criminals then until we charge all the criminals? Of course not. Nobody thinks that. So this, that kind of whataboutism. Fair point. Look, if some people are not prosecuted, because of who they are and the role that they've held. But the very thing that they're condemning in that argument, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, not charged because they're making political choices to not charge them, is exactly then what they're asking 
for the Justice Department to do in relationship to Donald Trump. Do not charge him because of his political position. Well, that makes no sense. We shouldn't have done it with Hillary Clinton. And there was at least four years when Hillary Clinton was in no position of government authority and she could have been investigated. Not investigated, not charged. So the federal system decided to pass. The whole yeah. what of, now you have another kind of whataboutism, Rob, and that's built around. Well, Joe Biden had the documents, and this gets us now to the classification story. <laughs> yeah. So, can we talk about this classification thing for a bit? Yes. Because there's also a yes. mess in this world that there's a uh, couple of things that need to be said about this. But yes, yeah. Judge Jackson said that the president of the United States gets to determine what happens with documents, and okay, yes, the president of the United States when they're the president of the United States can declassify documents. Important point. Just because a document is declassified does not mean that that same document can be shared. Yes. And does not mean that that document can be kept by that former president. Yes. That has nothing to do with it. The charges against Trump are not simply that there were classification violations. It was the sensitivity of the documents, part of which is indicated by the classification, but not all of it. So there's plenty of things that you cannot share that do not carry a classification. Classification yes. is just one measurement by which the government responds to these things. So when people say things like Trump declassified him, so therefore he can have them, those two things don't go together. Nope. They nope. don't belong to him. And they're still national secrets that cannot be shared, whether they're yes. classified, whether they have a classification yeah. or not, which is yes. why all this the stuff about yes. the problem is over classification doesn't really matter. That's yeah. an internal working system for the government. Yes. The point is that these are sensitive documents. Now, here's a little side side tangent. And I want to say something. Here. If Trump took documents that were could lead to hazard to the United States and declassified them when they shouldn't have been, that is a reckless and ill-advised move to declassify something simply because you want to keep it is not something that any reasonable president should do. So first off, he did not declassify these. Secondly, if he did, he shouldn't have because they were. there's a process by which a reasonable declassification can take place. And third, it doesn't matter if he declassified them because they're still government property that are still restricted in who's allowed to see them, whether they have a classification or not. So this whole declassification story and the press, by the way, keeps using this language, yeah. keeps saying well, the problem is these things were classified. And and there are multiple problems. Trump's violations here are myriad. So there's a number of things going on. But that's that's where I think we are yes. on this on this declassification thing. It doesn't yeah. matter for these charges that are brought. Um, because the yeah. things that he was sharing still couldn't be shared, no yes. matter if they're classified or not classified. Yep. Yeah. If you read the indictment, you get that sense of like, oh, wait a minute, here's the problem. The mm -hmm. problem, the violation of the Espionage Act 
and and you know in the the criminal conduct that he is accused of um accused of i then i say parenthetically because he did it um it um, seems to indicate so not even seems uh, does um I, I know he is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law uh, in the court of this public opinion he's guilty um mm-hmm. the the laws that he is accused of of violating have nothing to do with classification status mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they have nothing to do with peeking at something that's classified now um uh, he did show classified documents to people who did not have that security clearance. Yes, he did that. Um, that's not what he's charged with, though. What he's yeah. charged with is has to do with the content of those documents yeah, right. because he is mad at General Milley for suggesting that he wanted to invade Iran. And so he shows the... Uh, journalists, the authors who are working on a book about Mark Meadows, apparently, um, who are there visiting him in New Jersey. He shows them military plans for how the United States would invade Iran and says, Millie's the one who came up with this. Millie's the one who wants to invade Iran, not me. And so... It has to do with him showing um, national security secrets mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. people, sharing yes. national security secrets with people. He, he, like I, yeah. So you're absolutely your right. Your point about that. is different than classified categorization. There's yes. still military secrets. There, yes. And I know. Look, nobody, nobody should have to pay attention to this stuff. How does the federal government utilize national security secrets versus classification? That's a technical thing. We shouldn't all have to be worrying about that. There's people who do. The reason we have to talk about it is because these charges interact with both of those issues. Mm-hmm. That Donald Trump is the one who's been claiming I declassified them so I can have like that whole thing. By the way, got introduced by Trump. Just remember, if you feel confused about all this or, you know, other people are confused about it, remember the timeline on this. It was it was it's a document retention case, meaning Trump has kept things that belong to the federal government, regardless of their status of national security or classification. They don't belong to him. And when the government says we want those back, you have to give them back. And then when the government says here's a subpoena demanding the return of those and a categorization of what you have and you lie about it in a court document and a certified that then becomes obstruction of justice. And then when you tell your lawyer to maybe move them away or you tell other aides to not let lawyers of your your own lawyers find them because they're going to give them back, you are obstructing justice. Again, nothing to do with classification, not even anything to do with national secrets. There are at least three different degrees to which these same documents exist in the world. And that is so crucial because what you're going to hear over and over and over from people who are in their grieving process is he declassified them. And if you can say to him at all, you do know that declassification does not mean that you can still share them. 
And you do know that declassification doesn't mean that they now belong to Trump. Yes. It's not like he was at he's at his grandmother's funeral, uh, you know, house after she died, and you're walking around with friends putting little sticky notes on the things you want. That's not how it works in the government. So you, you watch the succession just, finale. Yeah, huh? yeah, you don't just get to pick the things that you want and then want say, well, well I, I'm naming those. Those are mine. That's mm-hmm. not how documents work. Yes, they're yeah, always, absolutely- always the possession yes. and the ownership of the federal government via yeah. this and- very bizarre subset yes. of the federal government, the archivist who keeps track of all this stuff, even if they're in your house, they're not yours. Yeah. So the they presidential- belong to the government. That's the whole point. And if people lose, tra- honest to goodness, Rob, if people lose track of the fact that what this is about is that Donald Trump had things that were the federal government's and when they asked for them back, he lied about having them because he thought he still wanted them or thought they should belong to him. And he was told in an affidavit presented to his lawyers to clarify, you cannot have these. He knew it and understood it and still kept them from the government. Just that, just that is what's going on. Yeah. With this crime. So we have the we have the upside down, the like absolute bizarro thing happening where um Trump's supporters, you know, Kimberly Guilfoy and you know, folks like that that are that are going out and, and talking about why Trump should not have been charged will will talk a lot about the Presidential Records Act. They'll say, Oh, well, like the Presidential Records Act trumps this. The Presidential Records Act, you know, gives him the right to this, which is like absolutely hilarious because what the Presidential Records Act does is it makes all documents produced by or for the President of the United States property of the United States government and not property of the president. That's right. And the reason this came about was because of Richard Nixon's tapes. And there was that sense of, wait a minute, if Richard Nixon is, you know, taping what's happening on phone calls or in the Oval Office, um, you know, we we can't have a president doing that. So anything that's produced is property of the government. So this claim that the Presidential Records Act is going to be, you know, the silver bullet yeah. that, you know, keeps Donald Trump out of jail is just ridiculous on the face of it because it's the government's property. Now, folks have folks have taken either on purpose or by accident, have taken documents, have taken things, and you know, there there's a certain um elasticity there's a certain um you know grace period there's a like the the national archives will say hey uh you know um we think you've got some stuff that you shouldn't have and what has happened repeatedly is uh folks when that is discovered go oh shoot um here they are Uh, let me give those back to you um and uh they get returned without any problem. And it's like, okay, wish you hadn't done that, but no big deal. You know, no harm, no foul. 
Well, yeah, and even and even more specifically, part of what the the Presidential Retention Act said was, hey, there's a period of time where the president form is going to become the former president, and there's a window at which they need to go through their own documents and the ones owned by the government and make sense of them. Make, finding anything that still belongs to the company, like if you left your job and you're like, hey, I've got some stuff here that belongs to the company. What belongs to the federal government? You're supposed to take time to sort through that. You have to do this with your public li- with your uh, presidential library. You have to do this for a whole lot of reasons. So the expectation is that former presidents and even vice presidents and even senators will end up with things in their purview because there's so very many things. And then you're supposed to create some space and time and a process by which you go through those. And normally you work with a national archivist to make sure that they know about everything and you know about everything. And you're working hand in hand with them to do this. And sometimes mm-hmm. things get left in a garage or could be in a storage room or something like that's totally, of course, what should happen. But most of the time, people are not taking things that are of national security worries or are sensitive to only certain eyes seeing them. Then when a person is told, hey, we now want those to put them in your library or to put them in the archive, then you give them back. And if you didn't know you had something and you stumble on, you're like, hey, I found another thing that's yours. Then you you notify people and they come pick it up and they bring it back. That's what Mike Pence did. That's what Joe Biden did. That's probably what Barack Obama has done. That's probably what George Bush has done, Bill Clinton. That's just all normal. Of course, that's normal. What's not normal is taking these things, traveling around with them, showing them to people, and then not giving them back. Like, that's the whole thing. That's where these prosecutors are like, look, the crime is not that you read something that had classification on it. The problem is that you showed it to other people, and then when we asked for it back, you lied about having it. And you didn't lie once. You lied repeatedly. I gave you everything back, knowing that you didn't. Because look, in that indictment, Rob, there's this one line that says, you know, at 12 noon Eastern time on January 20th, Donald Trump ceased to be the president of the United States. Did you notice that when you when you read the indictment? Yes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they have they are saying something right there. There is something about the timing of all of this. And my bet is they have documentation after that point at which Donald Trump indicates that these documents are still under a certain classification. Does that matter in one portion of it? Sure. He's going to be charged with a classification violation. But the case is not simply built on that. But they are trying to make a very specific point about when someone had the right to these documents and when they didn't, when you were in the role and when you were not. And the idea that now people are saying, well, Hillary Clinton should have done this or Joe Biden should have done this is irrelevant to the fact that Donald Trump did it. So, I mean, if they want, if uh, here's what all my friends want me to say, uh, my Trump supporting or my friends that say they're independents and they just, they're just like, well, it needs to be equal. 100% agree. It needs to be equal. Look into it. 
deploy whatever number of resources you need to have to look into it. And if you determine that a crime was committed by Joe Biden, that a crime was committed by Hillary Clinton, by Mike Pence, charge it for sure. Who is saying you shouldn't? No one is saying you shouldn't. What people are saying is, oh, they have looked into it. They are looking into it. And what Donald Trump did was also looked into and he's being charged. And yeah. they're saying, here's the funny thing. They're, okay. You saw it in your, in your text that you read from, from uh, Pastor Joe. He's saying Trump needs to be granted a consideration <laughs> that he's not guilty of something until he's proven guilty of it. But Joe Biden runs a crime family and these things have all been proven. Oh, isn't that curious? You don't think anything's been proven against Donald Trump, but you're sure because of the media reports that you read and the blogs and the YouTube videos that it was proven that the 1023 document that the FBI won't turn over to Comer proves that Joe Biden runs a crime family. A document that literally, now I'm, I'm deep in the weeds on the Biden crime family thing because I know this world. A document that you've never seen because the FBI won't release it and yeah. you're sure that that's proof that he runs a crime family, but the actual evidence that Donald Trump did the things that are listed in the indictment <laughs> plus the other things in Brown Court are not proof <laughs> that he did anything. Yep. Do you see what I mean? I, so, it's, look, oh, we it's, can, it's we crystal can do clear. whataboutism all day long. It's crystal clear. Just yeah, so, keep doing it. Just, just so keep, let's, keep talking yeah. about this because at three yeah. o'clock today, the, the scales of justice are going to say, Donald Trump, you are not free to do what you want to do. You are now under the authority of this court because of the allegations brought against you by the federal government. And look, yeah. other people have been charged too. I mean, Jack Smith brought a case against John Edwards, former vice presidential candidate for his behavior as a vice presidential candidate. He lost that case. Jack Smith lost the case that he brought against Jonathan Edwards, a Democrat. So these people charge and they lose. It's quite possible that the jury will find, caveat for a moment, like Padgett opinion, it's not going to a jury, but it's possible that evidence could be thrown out, that things can't be brought before a jury, and Donald Trump is found innocent. Okay, then you know what the rest of us are going to have to do is say, do we trust the system of justice or not? And this is another thing about this, this, the, the judge business, you know, that people are complaining that the same judge now was assigned this case that had the documents case. And she had this ruling about the special master and was slapped down by the appeals court and all that stuff. And she should recuse herself. Look, here's what I'm, I don't want to do. I don't want to fall down the slope of, well, justice is fair as long as we have the right judge. I mean, this whole thing that this is all just personality driven and that yeah. judges make all the difference. And look, of course, judges make the difference. That's why we don't have AI running court cases. We're going to have human beings make decisions. But our system has to be considered just and fair, no matter who's running it. And if it can be shown that someone is violating their oath or violating the expectation for them as a, as a public servant's, servant in, in the law, okay, then remove them. We have a process for that. I'll just say to all my like Trump needs to be prosecuted, supporting friends. Don't go down this road of starting to blame the judge and blaming the refs, because that's the very thing that Trump is trying to say is I don't have to give them back to you because of who you are. 
I mean, we just cannot do that. We cannot go down that road. And, and Rob, I feel like there's going to be a small group of us at the end of the day that, that aren't just personalizing all of this stuff and making it all about, all about, you know, just an individual choice Yeah, from a judge or an attorney or a prosecutor or whatever. So, I mean, a couple other pieces of drama that have happened with all of this, um, one is, you know, out of everything that's taken place, um, initially the the draw for who would be the presiding judge, at least initially, you know, at the beginning of this was uh, was uh, a Trump appointed judge who um, kind of had been slapped down earlier yeah. in this case for, um, you know, decisions she had made. It, it appears now that um, she won't be presiding today, uh, but it will be the kind of the head magistrate. Magistrate's a great word. Um, the other really amusing piece of, of, of news is that Trump is looking for a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, so there, was a, there was. So, so there's a couple night, of things. Rob, there was a conversation that this yeah, hearing may delayed. not take place because yeah. he may not have representation because he couldn't find an attorney in Florida to yes. represent him. That has been solved as of like 11 o'clock last night. There was notification that came out. There's oh. now an attorney of record and this will move forward. But that's okay. how bad it is. He cannot find an attorney to represent him because he is going to ask them to say things that an attorney will not say. An attorney will not make an argument. He had the right to these documents because he declassified them. It's not a legal argument. No one's going to make it. So he is in real, real trouble, which is why I think he's going to, he's going to, uh, uh, plead yeah. guilty. So two of his, uh, two of his, once the, the indictment came out, two of his lawyers quit. And, uh, and now this, this deal with him not being able to find, uh, and you said, I I'm looking at a report right now that says he wasn't able to find an attorney yet, but, uh, um, was that from this he, morning or from last night? Yeah, it appears to be this morning, but I don't know. Um, well, well, late, late last night, it was, I just, I watched some stuff this morning, late last night. So this is anyway, it's on for today. He's, he's going to have an attorney, whether that attorney can, uh, you know, uh, represent him all the way through the case. Who knows? And look, it's not uncommon for someone in a complex uh, case, like a trial like this to switch up attorney's teams. Of course, no big deal. But when you're the former president of the United States, you should have at your disposal. And when you've been impeached twice, you've had attorneys working for you. When you have indictments that have already come in New York and more indictments that are coming, you should have a crack legal team. The problem is one of the witnesses in this case is his former attorney who a federal appeals court uh, confirmed that the client attorney privilege must be violated, must be broken rather, because there's signs that criminality was taking place between the two. And Corcoran, the former attorney, is like, I'm not going down for this. I'll tell you everything that happened if a judge tells me I can. And they did, and he did, and that's that. I mean, that's why he's in such, such trouble here. Now, uh, in the court case, if that were to get thrown out, ultimately, if somehow the ruling judge says, I think that was a bad verdict, and so you can't bring any of that evidence in because that that those judges shouldn't have allowed for the piercing of the client uh, lawyer privilege, 
that 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 will complicate things. But again, I, I just think we're not going to get to that point. Donald Trump will start negotiating immediately on what will it take to make him not have to face a trial and and uh, criminal penalties for this. There, and and also, I mean, I've said it for you know, I've said it for years. This country cannot have former presidents in jail. Look, he may be remanded to custody and stayed at home like a lot of federal prisoners do, an ankle bracelet. Maybe there's something that because he's under Secret Service, he's found guilty and then put under the custody of Secret Service, something like that. There's a way, but he's not going to, there's no jail door is going to close on Donald Trump. That would just be, (laughs) there are other ways we treat criminals in our society and we just shouldn't do that to a former president. There are just certain things that should be granted because of the position that a person has held. But I think he's going to negotiate that he can't hold public office. Because here's the other thing, Rob, that I think is important about this. Donald Trump could literally by next November, by November 5th, 2024, have pled guilty or been found guilty by a jury, be a felon who cannot vote in the state of Florida or many other states in this country, and yet people can vote for him. He could be the first president who can't vote for himself, but could be voted for. Imagine that. That there won't be a picture of him going on election day to vote or him filling out his mail-in ballot, which he's a big fan of, and dropping it in the mailbox because he will be a felon who can't vote, and yet he could be voted for. So do you think we'll ever get to the point where we will have state rules, state laws, federal laws that say that felons cannot be elected? In other words, if you can't vote, you can't be elected. Do you think we will ever get to the point where that would be, uh, where those two things would be brought into alignment? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I would imagine that there could be some, um, some States that would, that would want to move in that direction, which would make it, um, really difficult, you know, for Trump to get to the number of electoral votes that he would need. Um, so let's talk about the, you know, political implications of all of this. Um, Chris Christie has, has made this really the center point of his presidential Mm -hmm. campaign. Um, some of the other, um, some of the other, um, Republican candidates for president, Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, um, was really the first, uh, along with Chris Christie to come out and, 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 um, condemn Trump and say he should drop out. Um, you know, some of the others have, have kind of followed suit really tentatively, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence continues to, uh, try to have it both ways. Um, I, one of my favorite things was, uh, was, was Mike Pence, his answer to a question about, about Trump being indicted during his, uh, um, um, during his uh, CNN town hall where, you know, he talks about how, you know, I just don't think we should have president, former presidents charged. And then he ends his whole paragraph of talking by saying, and, and, you know, it's so important that we have equal justice under the law. It's just yeah. like, come on, yeah, buddy. Equal justice under the law, but former presidents shouldn't be charged. 
yes. for things that they do that other people do. I mean, what, one of the questions I ask my, my friends in, in this world, I'm like, hey, Trump flippantly said at a Christian college in Iowa, I've looked at the polling. I think I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose any supporters. I said to them, if Donald Trump was charged with shooting someone on Fifth Avenue, would you then say he shouldn't be elected president? Nope, they still would. They're yeah. truly, he was right. And that was in yeah. 2016. Mm -hmm. He is still, there are people, a hardwired group for whom it does, it yeah. truly does yes. not matter. Yeah. And I, what I, I, he does because yeah. he shouldn't be charged. He should be above it all, no matter what. Yeah. Many, um, going back a couple of years on this podcast, we interviewed, um, a lady who is a, an expert on, on cults. And, um, and we talked about the cultism that it, that surrounds Donald Trump. And one of the things that she said is that happens so often, like we have, and we have bemoaned this many times of like, okay, what's going to be the thing that gets through to people? Yeah. Um, you know, is it going to be January 6th? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? Is it going to be, you know, finally, is it, are, they're going to read the indictment. This will finally get through to them. Or Donald Trump will be convicted by a jury of his peers. That will finally, and, and I, and I go back and remember what she told us about, about cultists, people that are in cults. Um, when the spaceship doesn't arrive to take them to the next galaxy, mm -hmm. galaxy, when the uh, prediction of the world ending on a particular date doesn't come true, you know, when those moments that for someone else would be an, an inciting moment that, that changes the trajectory of their belief system. And what she said happens is that so often people who are a part of cults in those moments, they double down, yep. they double down. They um, just absolutely refuse to see facts, to interpret the story in any way that would that would call into question, um, because maybe they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to admit that they were wrong. They don't like they can't imagine life, you know, differently than they've been living it in some way. Um, whatever it might be, there is such a delusion that what you see is this tendency to double down. And there is, while so many of us are, um, are, are just deeply, deeply concerned about um, the future of the country and see significant danger in all of this Donald Trump stuff, um, there is a disturbingly high percentage of people Mm -hmm. that are going to double down that like nothing that happens is going to shake them. And, you know, it will, they will continue to fight into the bitter end, whatever that might look like. And that's yeah. deeply concerning. Right. And normally what happens when people do this, and this is not just true of people that are in formal cults, but any kind of belief system that, uh, uh, has sort of performative power in someone's life, right? Like it's mm -hmm. not just a thing you happen to believe, but it's an operating system belief. Belief. When evidence is shown that 
the thing you believe in is not true. Um, I heard a great podcast uh, about a woman who was scammed by a by a scammer and kind of a fake love affair thing. And I mean, she just talked very openly about it and about, about how it went. The, the, what starts to happen is people start to move around the rationale. They move away from evidence and into a value system. Yes. And this, this is precisely what you see happening when people, the what about ism is actual, I, I know to a lot of us, we feel like hearing people what about things and people are doing it in the stream here. I'm trying to put some of those up when I see them. That's actually part of the process of letting go of a belief and a commitment that you start to say, well, the, but there's still something important here, right? Like we have to have equal justice. You can hear the Republican uh, po political uh, peoples doing this stuff. Well, I still think we have overcharging and we have an unjust criminal system. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a true thing. So you've moved now from, you believed something to be true. Now, instead of saying that's not true, you hopscotch to another square that says, but here is a thing I think is true. So you're not, that's just how we do it as human beings. You don't let go of an idea. You swap an idea that you can believe in for another idea you can believe in. We tend to critique that we are here and I'm pushing back on it hard and want to because we have to. Because if people don't recognize that that's what they're doing. So if someone says, okay, but at the end of all this, Trump does need to be prosecuted, but don't we also need to look at other things and make sure the system is fair? Now, anybody who's had a family member charged and other people have done the same thing and weren't charged, you feel this sense of injustice, right? So you then move from one belief system of truth and support to another one. And then you will move to another one. Now, at some point, it just maybe all breaks down and people move into huge regret. And as you know, Kimberly put here, they double down until they you know commit self harm kind of thing. Yeah, that's that. That's also. Some, but your average person, what we do is we shift to something else. Think about someone who is betrayed in a in a love relationship. A married person, someone has an affair. A lot of us know people or people listening to this, I'm sure, have experienced it themselves. Just watch the process that you go through. Who is this person? How could they do this? This can't possibly be true. Are you sure? I mean, literally wake up sometimes in the middle of the night thinking, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe I got it wrong. But you're like, the person confessed and you're still thinking, maybe it didn't happen. And then instead of just burning it all down and just never speak to this person again and cut them out of your life, you're like, Hey, there were still some things that I thought were pretty great about our relationship in there, but all in all, you're not, you're not this and that. And that's where, when they hear people like us talking about all the ways that we think Donald Trump is a real problem. And look, I I've said since 2016, this man is a threat to the well-being of the planet and everyone who lives on it. We have to organize in every possible way to be sure he does not have the levers of power. I truly do believe he is a threat. But other people just see that as nothing but just sheer con and they don't want to jump on the bandwagon of everything he did was a threat to the well-being of they they want to be very targeted in we're still holding to something valuable that we're overcharging and that things aren't fair. And we can get to this. Now, will Republicans ultimately get to this point? I think they will. Uh, not all of them. And they won't all say it in the way that I want them to. I think they will get to the point where they say, yeah, Donald Trump cannot be the president of the United States because of that thing that he did. 
And then they'll have a revision of it later and say, yeah, but you know, he, he had to plead guilty because they brought the force of the government on him and they shouldn't have, and they kind of overcharged him and all the Richard Nixon stuff, right? All the Ronald Reagan stuff, all the Bill Clinton stuff for those of us, you know, who supported Bill Clinton and then watched him lie in a, in a court of law and lose his law license and be impeached and all of that are like, yeah, but there's still, so, you know, grant people a little space here that people are like, this is how, this is how this is going to go. But what you can't let people do is just make, arguments that are not what the thing is about. Now, if you recognize that someone's just grieving here, okay, you know, uh, give them a minute, but don't let people get stuck in that grief and then start to believe that, you know, the whole thing is corrupt because the, to me, the space Rob between what, what you're describing there of somebody in a cult and somebody who's just like, um, no, I think the whole thing is so corrupt. There is no way we can have law. Okay. That anarchist view and look, runs deep in the Republican subculture, the libertarian anarchist view, you know, it's like, uh, hey, the federal government should not have the power to take people's liberty. A deep libertarian argument. They shouldn't take your money and they shouldn't be able to take your liberty. That is, uh, that, that runs deep. And there's a lot of that going on right now. And I don't know what's going to happen today. Now we're now five hours away from Donald Trump being, uh, four hours away from Donald Trump being um, taken into federal custody and then and then likely released on the same day. I don't think we're going to get a Waco out of this. Yeah. But you do know that there's people on the right who talk yep. about Waco. Where did Donald Trump have his first campaign event of 2023? In Waco. Why does Donald Trump pick Waco, Texas? as his launching point because he wants to conjure up Waco, Texas and the branch Davidian compound attack that was attacked by the federal forces in order to, you know, take the guns that were in there after a long standoff. That's what Trump was conjuring up and all the people in that world know it. So they have a direct line from Waco to Timothy McVeigh, all the way to January 6th. It's all part of the same narrative for these folks. And Trump is absolutely conjuring that up with his, yep. with his team. It is yep. not an accident. And they do things to honor those days uh, uh, on the calendar. So, look, the, in fact, I think they were there in Waco on the anniversary of that attack. So is Donald Trump truly wanting to stir up some kind of an anti-government? The government does not have the right to take our liberty, cannot take our guns, cannot take our money through taxes, and cannot take our liberties? Totally, that's what he's doing. And so if Republicans want to go down that line, they certainly can. But I think they need to look at that really closely. And if you're talking to any friends or family, you might feel like you're talking like the wacko person when you start bringing this stuff. You know, you feel a little wacko when you start talking about Waco. But I, I suggest that you do it and say to people, are you suggesting that the federal government should not have the right to do this because you think that their behavior has been so uh, ill-founded? Yeah. Uh, do you expect violence today, Doug? I don't. I don't think there's even enough anger and uh, anger about all this. I don't think there's enough planning time. I think that uh, people in Florida uh, uh, don't. I don't think they feel that attacking the courthouse in Florida is like attacking 
the capital because yeah, uh, I think there's just a whole lot of things that are keep that from happening. Now, will, will there maybe be some skirmishes among protesters and counter protesters? I don't know. Maybe I'm guessing the Miami police know how to deal with this kind of stuff and will keep those people apart. But I think people are looking at more than a thousand people imprisoned mm-hmm. already and maybe a thousand prosecutions coming for January 6th. And people are like, yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> uh, I know the federal government shouldn't be able to take my liberty, but I don't want them to do the thing they shouldn't be able to do. Uh, I don't want them to be able to do that to me. So I don't think so. I think it's going to be people standing outside yelling and, and all the rest. But look, we're going to spend the next two years traveling around the country and saying, do you want to elect a person who chose to do this, this, and this? And I don't think Donald Trump has a chance. Will he get the Republican nomination? Probably will be in the running for it, and then we'll drop out of the race, and that'll cause all kinds of chaos because he will have a plea deal. That's my guess. Um, There is no world in which, and I've been wrong about lots of things in Donald Trump, but there's no world in which more people in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina, Arizona. There's no chance that in those states, more people say, oh, now I'm going to vote for Donald Trump after the insurrection, after he lost the election, after he's been charged with crimes in New York, after he's been found guilty of sexually assaulting Eugene Carroll, after he's been charged on 30-some federal charges. There's no way there are more people who are saying, oh, no, I would vote for him. I didn't vote for him last time, but I will this time. That is not going to happen. Could Biden lose so much support that that number becomes a smaller number? But less people are going to vote for Donald Trump in those states. Will more people vote for him in some states? Maybe. Will he get more votes? I don't know, in Texas? Yeah, but he's not going to be running against Joe Biden. He's uh, going to be running against Gavin Newsom. I'm, well, he's going to be running against the federal government. He's going to be running against I, Jack Smith. He's going to be running I'm, against. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I. We'll have to. We're. We're way over time. So. Uh, oh, but this is a know. special day. This is special. By the way, special yeah. coverage of yeah, uh, the United coverage. States. Yeah. And by the way, we start the counter now because today is the day. I mean, the indictment being announced on Thursday, and then revealed on Friday. That's not when the timer starts. The yeah. timer starts when Donald Trump is brought into custody. So today, I think within 300 days of today. Donald Trump will have pled guilty, but we need to you keep a time. 311, 311 days. Uh, but I think that within um, uh, that we need to keep a counter going of the uh, the United States of America versus Donald J. Trump. I mean, what whatever signs people are going to hold at protests, that should be one. <laughs> the yeah. United States of America, because I do feel like this is the United States of America's future versus Donald Trump's future. I really do think that that statement codifies what, uh, what, what, what situation we are. Yeah. We're dealing with, uh, now, Hey, I, do you think we're going to get Georgia indictment? Do you think then we're going to get a January yes. 6th indictment? Because I'll yes. tell you what, one of the things that could get really weird for people is how many indictments are they going to bring? Like at some point too many, in the public view sure. just starts to become ridiculous to people. Yeah, why are like, you picking oh on this guy? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. until you realize, well, this is what happens when you commit crimes before mm-hmm. you're in office, while you're in office, after you're in office. Those are all separate crimes and the guy is such a criminal. I, I truly believe that these indictments reflect what he has done and it's going to be yep. a going to be a real thing. Hey, people are asking, "Where is Dan?" 
Where's uh, Dan? Where's Dan? Dan's where's been. I haven't Dan? seen Dan for two weeks. Where is Dan? People want to know. They, they're, they're free Dan. I've I've heard there's a whole free Dan movement uh, that's afoot. Hey, Dan will be back. Uh, Dan's just had a couple of months off here uh, because of stuff in the vote common good funding world. But uh, Dan will be back uh, probably, most likely. I mean, unless he just you know, uh, <laughs> it's just enjoyed his time not having to deal with all this. Uh, so Dan, Dan will be back. But we've been in some summer months here, so uh, for all kinds of reasons that have to do with how we run our operation. Uh, Dan is. Dan is on Dan Dan hiatus uh, for a little bit. So could be back any day now. Who knows? Yeah, just keep up. Like, oh, is Dan there today? You know, it'd be great. Kimberly, others, you guys check in here. You say, oh, looking around, was Dan there? And they just write a comment, oh, still no Dan. And then you log off. You know, just really send us that message if you really yep. want. If you really want yep. Dan. All right. Well, lots of comments today. Lots of, uh, yeah. lots of yeah. stuff going on. Some new people around. And nice to see you. Uh, Walter, Rick, uh, it was Mike, nice to see you. Yeah. Yavitz was back this week. Good to see you, Yavitz. Kevin, Sandra. Hey, by the way, on this same channel, wherever you're seeing this, this afternoon at 5.30 Central Time, 6.30 on the East Coast, 4.30 in the Gee. mountains, and somewhere in Arizona, who knows, and 2.30 on the, on the West Shell. Coast, and I don't know what time in Hawaii, and I don't know about Puerto Rico because I can't remember what time zone it is there, or the... the Rene. The, the, <laughs> the Samoas. But uh, 5.30 Central Time, 6.30 Eastern Time, we'll be back on here with a thing that's part of our, our little sub-brand of the Vote Common Good world called Catholics Vote Common Good. And we're going to have a former congressman uh, in a town hall with us. Uh, Tom, the, the, the congressman, was the person who was in the seat that George Santos is now in. He decided that Tom decided to run for governor, gave up that seat, and that gave us George Santos. So he'll be on some words words for him about that uh hear a little bit about that and uh uh congresswoman rosa from connecticut's going to be on so anyway a uh, little conversation these same places uh will be on with a uh, the launch of the catholics vote common good effort so if you're catholic or not and you're just interested in that conversation we will be back at 6 30 5 30 4 30 2 30 whatever time it is uh you know where you are but 6 30 eastern time uh, we'll be back on on these same places and of course they'll be recorded and you can always watch them later and do share this podcast with other people if you want to. Anything else, Rob? If we go three more minutes, we can get to 90 minutes. We could really. Uh, uh, well. Um, no, we're only yeah. at an hour 22. We'd have to go eight more nah, minutes. Nah, it's not worth that. Good, <laughs> worth nah. that. All right, everybody. Hey, uh, see you later. Literally later today. Okay, bye.